Welcome to Submerge, the podcast. I'm your host, Leia Leone. Join me as I sit down with kinky people from kinky communities and share kinky stories. We will submerge ourselves into BDSM culture, covering trends, experiences, education, and more. We'll talk with every side of the slash, from newcomers to leaders to everyone in between. Follow us on Instagram at sub.mergelife for updates and info. Now strap yourself in or strap someone else in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Submerge the Podcast. I am your host, Leia Leone, and I am so excited to be joined again by the wonderful Lee Harrington. Welcome back to Submerge. I know. I'm so excited to be back. It's been a few years, but time has been strangely, you know, dilated for, yes. you know, and so it's just, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, excited to be back. To have you. Oh, I'm so thrilled. Um, you reached out because you've got some big news to share, and I am so excited to help spread the word about this. Tell everybody about your new book. Yeah, I have a brand new book called Become Your Own Beloved, a guide to a life of creating a life of self-delight. And it is a totally vanilla book, except for the fact that it's not. Um, And I say that because the introduction for folks who have been around or have read stuff in the kink community, the introduction is by Dossie Easton, who was one of the authors for the new topping book, the new bottoming book, uh, was one of the authors for The Ethical Slut. And so getting to bring some of her work into the mainstream was such a delight. And my chapter that's all about once you've created a relationship with yourself, how do you do it with others as well? And then also maintaining your relationships if you're doing this with others is all polyamory theory 101, but made accessible to everyone, not using the word poly. And I also took a lot of the inspiration from the, for this work from getting to do a lot of work with self-dominance and self-submission Ooh. and right those conversations and the idea of your past self or your current self serving your future self, all of those thoughts got to get blended into this project that's now available completely in the mainstream. So my hope is to bring some of this beautiful wisdom that y'all who are have been exploring kink and power exchange can bring it now into the mainstream by using words that will be understood by a larger population. So I am uh, delighted to talk about it. Oh, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. I want to first touch on maybe you can give like a short little synopsis for the people who may not understand this because in the BDSM world, You do not hear a lot of people talk about self-submission and self-dominance. There is a lot tied to finding the partner, finding the Mm -hmm. person to do that for you. Can you give us an idea of what that even looks like? Yeah, I'll I'll start with the quote vanilla version. And as a note, vanilla does not equal boring. In fact, vanilla is a spice that literally people have gone to war over in history. So, right. Yeah. Hey, you know, got you got to pull the the history and science shit out somewhere, right? So <laughs> might as well pull the history stuff out here. No, um, yeah. So, in uh, about twelve years ago, twelve thirteen years ago, I was going to be going and doing uh, rope bondage performances and other shows in attachment with an amazing book called Palimpsest by Catherine Valente, okay. and 
as part of this tour, I met a person named Rose. And Rose, along with a number of other people, even though it was not a kink event, uh, there was a lot of people who were kinky who were on the tour. And I was talking with this person, and they talked about how they had gotten married to themselves. And I froze, and I was like, you got to tell me more about this. Yeah, that's intriguing. Okay. Right? Yeah. And that they had found this silver ring, and they'd said to themselves, you know, if I'm going to be with me for the rest of my life, right? This notion of death do us part, literally, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? Literally. Um, why wouldn't I make myself a priority? Why wouldn't I do this? And I, like my body, like I had this complete kinesthetic, like just uh, moment where I'm like, wow, there's a lot here. Clearly I need to process this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I had recently gotten divorced okay. and I decided to kind of pursue this idea as like half performance art and half healing within relationship. And then I had this existential crisis um, where, <laughs> where I got myself an engagement ring. I'm like, I'm going to get myself a little gold ring. I'm going to carve on the inside of it. I'm going to have it like, you know, the uh, right into the side of it, like all the different vows I want to make to myself, that I want a life of passion, that I want a life of soul. And this is part of where my website name came from. Like, I want to have a life that has art in it and beauty. Like I made the, I put these little concepts that would be part of the vows to me. Okay. The ring showed up and I looked at it and the existential crisis was that I was afraid that if I asked me to marry me, I would say no. Oh, Right. Okay. Tell me more. I had this realization that I didn't know if I liked me. Oh, been there. Shit. Yeah. I think a lot right? of people have been there. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't yeah. know if you've had this moment where it's like, I realized I said things to me that if anybody else said them to a friend of mine, I would like just not be okay. 100. Mm-hmm. Right. I would call them out, but I said it to me. Or like I would take, I wouldn't take care of me when I was sick. I would push through it anyway, or I would take on every project. Or if one of my partners said, oh, I need this one thing, I would always put their stuff above anything I ever needed. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Including like when I was submitting or surrendering, I would have times where I would burn myself out Mm. rather than take care of this vessel like i i would instead of patching up the bottom of a bucket that's carrying water i would just let it go and drain drip all the water everywhere right right Right? um and therefore not be able to deliver quality submission right 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 i was doing all of that and i went ah shit that ring sat there on my computer desk for four months (laughs) wow because i kept looking and kept coming like nope Nope, I, I'm still not sure. Yeah. And uh, eventually decide, you know, I, I need to be more of a relationship to me. And that that includes being my own friend. Mm. That includes being my own partner. That includes being my own lover, mm. right? Like being an excellent lover to myself and learning mm-hmm. what I want, not yeah. just because how many people have asked you, asked you like, hey, what do you like in the bedroom? And that requires some of us knowing that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to know right? your own self. Yeah. Exactly. My own coworker, right? Especially for those of us who work from home. Yeah. What's it like to make a space where we actually thrive in the workplace? So that's kind of where this thing came from was this okay. random road trip that, you know, for a book tour. And, and my own feelings 
around it. And it's come, it's gone up and down, just like my relationships with my other friends. Oh gosh. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. where it's like, Hey, I, I, I love you to, you know, some of my best friends and I need to not spend time with you right now. Yep. Yep. And then I had a whole conversation with an amazing person named Z Gress, just the letter Z Gress. Okay. Their, their website's embodymorelove.com. And if you do not know their work, check them out. Their approach to kink comes from the lens of the dance world oh. and the world of anti-racism work. Wow. And so bringing, okay. yeah, right? Z is just amazing. Wow. And I was talking with them and they said, yeah, this stuff you talk about reminds me of how I need to, now that I'm not in an MS relationship, because they were in an MS relationship for many years on the S side. Okay. And they said, now that I'm not doing that, like, I've realized I've freed up some space to like serve the things that make my life better. Mm. And then another layer clicked, right? This notion of self-submission. Yeah. What is it like to for some of us to practice these skill sets if we're not in relationship but for others of us the idea of of our past self serving our future self a, an example for me would be when i've had a really hard week with work and with the people in my world and just the world yeah. right yeah. and going into my refrigerator and the fact that there's fresh squeezed orange juice mm. and that I pause and I have this moment where I'm like, thank you, past me. <laughs> thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> right. You, you are such a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> right. You are such a good submissive that you uh, thought ahead of time to take care of me. Yeah. Yeah. And what and, and as someone who's been like my first MS relationship was over 25 years ago on the S side and the skills I learned in that relationship, applying them to me. It's hard to do. Right. When you don't have someone telling you mm -hmm. and holding you accountable. I think that's the biggest part. I think we have a really hard time holding ourselves accountable. We're very quick to hold everyone else accountable. But we are, we're probably poor at holding ourselves accountable. So that's got to yeah. be hard. Well, I mean, it's one of the reasons, uh, I'm not part of it, but Restrained Grace has a project where it's this, I think it's called the Self-Collar Club. Oh, okay. And it's people who are either not currently in relationship or people who are choosing to just do this as a, a tool for self-relationship. Yeah. yeah. Um, that it's a whole bunch of people that are holding each other accountable. Oh, so, okay. So it is like a teamwork, but you are like, you're, you, you want to make that commitment to yourself as well. Yeah. Right. In, in a parallel to folks who own their own companies, Ooh, but need yeah. coworkers. Yeah. 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 Right. That's so like, parallel. cause if it's, if it's just you at home, are you going to meet that deadline for getting your taxes done? Right. Or if every single Thursday you and all your friends get together on zoom and have a co-working day, you don't work for or with each other, but you're holding space for each other to your to your excellence. Oh, God, I love that. I love that. Wow. Okay. So you get to know that side. You buy a ring. You let it sit for four months because you don't <laughs> oh know God. if you're ready, <laughs> which I can feel that. Like, I, I feel that. Like, I, <laughs> I might be like, 
maybe it's not the right time. Like maybe I should do some more, more research on myself and see if I actually want to do this. What, uh, what happens when, when does that day come for you? For me, I was going to be going to San Francisco. I think, I, where was I teaching? I think it was teaching at Society of Janus or something. Um, for folks who don't know me, I've been teaching in the kink community for the last 20 years and now. And if you don't know, Lee, come on, <laughs> what rock have you been living under for real? Well, <laughs> the reality is that the kink community, kink writing and being kinky are three completely different categories. That's actually very fair. That is I know a lot of people who have been kinky for like passionately for 40 years and then they're like wait there's a community for this right they stumble across <laughs> your true. podcast and go hold on a second what real humans do these things <laughs> yeah but more than that i'm not alone yeah that yeah. they find you and go i'm not alone yeah and then yeah. you do one of your topics and people go wait i'm not the only one into that one thing yeah and that's the important part, right? It's just raising the awareness that we are all so freaky in our own unique ways, but there's so much overlap. There's yes. So much alignment between you and other people that there's something for everybody. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. so true. It's so true. And so I was going to San Francisco and so I threw the ring in my bag. Oh. I'm just like, let's see if I pop the question. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a surprise engagement. <laughs> I love that for you. This is amazing. <laughs> well, because of that moment where it's like, I I don't know about, about yourself, but there are times where I might have ideas what I'm going to do, but I don't know if it's going to be the one thing. Like, I, I'm the backup plan person. Mm, yes. Where it's like, okay, my plan so my anniversary to myself is September 10th and my thing every year is I'm going to do a thing, right? But I'm going to do a something. You have no idea what it is. But I like making lists of possibilities. Ooh, yeah. That's fun. That right. Fun. Yeah. Right. And so like if the exact thing happens, cool. But if a different thing happens, then that will be excellent too. I don't have yeah. to be disappointed that the exact thing didn't happen. Yeah. And maybe that's trauma talking, right? Maybe that's some childhood stuff where it's like, you've been promised things 40 different times and right. only two of them happen. Why do you even hold on to hope? Right? Like that's, I've, I've leveled up from that part of my childhood trauma. Yeah. I've leveled up. <laughs> where, where it's like okay i could be bitter and angry or i could go you know what cool stuff happens yeah yeah go with the flow see yeah what, and, yeah right and and in this case it was well i'm gonna go down to the ferry building anyway because i love going down to the ferry building in san francisco if you ever go to the bay area just getting to go on the waterfront buy yourself a gelato mm. or whatever kind of food item or beverage item you like in the ferry building itself go outside and watch the ferries come and go watch the birds yeah. look out over the bay to marin county like it's just beautiful yeah yeah and there's a, a big statue there of Mahatma Gandhi. And uh, I went to it and I just was sitting there and I'm like, yeah, this is, this feels right. And so I pulled it out of my bag. Oh, oh my gosh, I got goosebumps. And, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I pulled it out of the bag. And because I've the, I'm the person who has been taking uh, 
self photos back before we called them selfies. Okay. Um, I've been doing that for God since I was 12, so 31 years. Um, I and so I took some photos of like the ring and I took a photo of it, you know, whatever. Aww. I took a photo of me with the statue, just like three or four. Yeah. Um, to also remember because I'm also the kind of person that will forget details. Mm. Yeah. And I, I I mean, I've had times where after a scene, people are just like, oh, my God, it was so hot when you caned me because my orientation is yes. Top, bottom, yes. Yeah. Dom, sub, yes. Um, It's like, it was so hot when you caned me with that one rattan cane. I'm like, right. <laughs> I caned you, didn't I? <laughs> I remembered the spanking part. I remembered the blowjob part. I forgot about the caning part. <laughs> But that's and so, good. So that means you're in the moment and you're just you're just there and you're present. Exactly. And so instead of being frustrated at myself eight years later of like, where did I get engaged? I'll take photos. Yeah. It's just easier for my brain yeah. to do that as a tool for self-memory. I love that. And uh and so yeah, I I I did that and I wore the ring and and I started having people be like, so are are did you get married like where and then i had to it made me start saying this stuff out loud yeah it and made how me did that make you feel like how what oh. position were were you like a little anxious about how people would take that well so it's it's slightly easier that i was able to say okay it's a tool for healing from uh, from divorce Ooh, it's a form okay. of performance art okay it's a way for me to figure out do i even like me it's a way for me to be able to figure out what a long-term relationship with myself is because, I mean, it means that when I look in the mirror, I have to be the same person that hooked up with so-and-so off Grinder the other day, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It means I have to be the person who goes, yeah, you made the choice to leave the, you know, the nonprofit world and enter into doing adult film work full time. How do you feel about that? And because I was able to start teasing those things out, when I had the courage to say those things out loud, 90 plus percent of the time, people were like, oh my gosh, I need to look at some of my shit. Ugh. Oh, right? you're like helping people without even thinking that this could help anybody else but yourself, right? Like, yeah, I'm right. sure that's not even the thought. And then now people are like, uh, hold on. Now I need to think about this. Ugh. Right. Ugh. I love things like that. Right. Cool. And and in the kink world, as well as I'm talking right now to really mainstream folks, I'm talking right now to some people in the computer industry, like in the, the computer programming world okay. about doing a class about these topics and how it applies to imposter syndrome. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, talks about how do you be your own long distance coworker? Yeah. Right. Like when you are separate and how many programmers do you know? I certainly know a number of them that are expected to hole up and program for 12 hours a day and they're not leaving and they're doing nothing but getting delivery food, mm -hmm. if that, mm -hmm. right, yeah. um, and are isolated, what's, what's self-relationship look like if you yeah. get to be your own team that you bounce ideas off of? Yeah. Ooh, gosh, 
like that. I mean, for me as an editor, because I own a small publishing company, we had a book come out last year called The Art of Chain, which is the only book on chain bondage okay. um, in, in English language. And uh, for me, being the editor in chief and also primary editor and also like I and and the person who pays all the bills and yeah. does the printing, like pays for the printers, like doing all of that meant that occasionally I had to develop systems where I'm like, you know what? If you're writing anything, you are setting that shit down. You are then the next day, minimum one day apart, taking all that files and you are going to a coffee shop to change physical location. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. To then sit down and read over this book instead of like trying to have it come in and do all of it at the same time no change of location in the same way i don't know about you with scenes but the difference between being in the dungeon space and then doing the aftercare instead of doing your aftercare in the dungeon mm -hmm. changing to being on some comfy couch yeah yeah or, or in, especially if there's been terror in the scene or pain or suffering that yeah. pause, that change of location, and, and doing some of this stuff for ourselves. When I had somebody in the computer industry say that, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and suddenly I'm looking at my work a different way again, just as how Z had said that about, oh, yeah, that reminds me of self-submission. Wow. Is we get to start applying this to different parts of our life, which yeah. is why I think kinksters who practice negotiation end up so much better at the office around negotiation. It really is true. It has helped me so much. Just Really? How so? Well, I so I haven't really worked in an office environment in years and years. Um, I've been mostly a stay-at-home mom. And I didn't realize how much kink had helped me, um, one, fight imposter syndrome. Mm. Two, get to a point where I don't have a college degree. I, I don't, I always entered a workforce of, well, I'm just, I'm just the, I'm just the desk girl or I'm just <laughs> the part-time girl or I'm just, the, yeah. you know, everything was lower then. I knew I wasn't as smart as everybody. I knew like, that's how I felt like, oh, I know that like humble yourself. You are not smarter than anybody here. Now on the flip side of being involved in kink and being involved with BDSM and dynamic and all the ways and shit I've learned I now go into meetings and one-on-ones with people that I don't even care anymore what their title is I literally speak to them as human beings and use the tools that I have developed in my negotiation skills with BDSM and that stuff in a conversation with someone and I ask a lot of questions I make sure not to simply just state what the need is I ask a lot I want mm. to learn first and then, okay, what, what can I do to help solve the problem? What can I do to, to come up with something where we're both in alignment on? Because that's the end goal, right? Like we always want to get to some end goal where we are either compromising or we're agreeing in some healthy way. I love that. I love that. And it's really helped. Yeah. And the idea of translating this stuff from, uh, from the world of kink to our office places uh, always reminds me of uh, Princess Callie, who runs Kink Academy. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. If you're familiar with that website. Yeah. Um, if you are not familiar and you're listening in, fantastic resource for just learning kink skills of all sorts. Lots of five to 10 minute videos, including whole series that'll take you from knowing nothing about a topic to, you know, intermediate to advanced skills. Yeah. But she wrote a book 
called um, and did intensives for a while. She might still be doing them. Uh, called ditch the ditch the bitch archetype. I think is what it's called, or ditch the bitch something. Ooh. And she does trainings for like female CEOs and COOs and people who are managers that are are women mm-hmm. that are being called bitches mm-hmm. at the office place, mm-hmm. you know, in the office or some version therein. Right. And she said, what if instead you claimed that power in the same way that dominatrixes do? Yeah. In the same way femdoms do and come to it with ethics in the same way that a skilled dominatrix or a skilled femdom is coming to it with a strong sense of ethics and wishing the long-term best of the people in surrender or submission underneath her. Mm. Um. What if you took that and applied that to the workplace instead of saying this is a bad thing, saying, no, this is a a tool for power that serves the people underneath me. Yeah. That my big picture vision allows them to thrive through my application. And I love that idea of taking women's dominance and applying it to the bigger picture. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's, it's really, it's a good point too, because I think that that is, I've talked about that just within vanilla relationships, that mm-hmm. any sort of assertiveness from women in the workplace, especially in an office setting, is is most of the time, and I won't, I won't put a blanket statement on this because there right. aren't, not everybody feels this way. Some people appreciate it and some people know exactly what you're doing and they respect it. But there are those select few who are like, oh, you're aggressive. And it's like, "Mm mm-mm, assertive does not equal aggressive. I'm not being mean. I'm being factual and to the point. And I'm, you know, I'm saying what needs to be done. I'm laying out specific guidelines. And we can do that in a respectful way without being aggressive. But sometimes it's not viewed that way when it's coming from a female-identifying person because Right. People just view us. I don't know. I don't know why. It's it's kind of a it's like the trope. Right. Like, yeah, the same is like, oh, he's just he's just a dad who works and he's dumb and and like mom runs the household, you know, like that shit doesn't always apply. But people have that stereotype about some people. Right. I think the same applies to that with women in the workplace. Yeah. And and I it applies to people who have not carried uh societal points of power or privilege Mm. right Mm -hmm. in general so folks i know who are black who are indigenous or people of color in general Mm -hmm. this applies to transgender individuals people who um have a history of incarceration and are now trying to go back into the workplace and if they say anything Mm -hmm. that does not line up with the quote company line suddenly you're being a threat to society or inferred that way at the office like that kind of toxicness and then if you start layering them on black women right yep the the misogynoir of that that whole experience is so toxic yeah and And I got a chance. It was so amazing. Left Side of the Slash is a conference in Denver that was made for people on the left side of the slash, right? So dominant, mistress, owner, uh, top 
etc. Right. Right. And switches are welcome. And even people who are only on the right side of the slash are welcome. But it centers the needs and experiences of people on the left side of the slash. And it came up as an idea of this guy named Acrodag during uh, the height of the isolation uh, period of COVID. Mm -hmm. And because he was seeing like the TikTok trend of TikTok dominance explode. Okay. Or people finding kink online who had no in-person uh, attachment or relationship okay. to yeah. to kink, yeah. right? So it was all theory, and suddenly you're doing stuff with no uh, no safety net. Yeah. And so he came up with this idea and said, "What if we had a skills weekend for things you can't learn off of a 90 second video?" Hmm. So everything from physical skills like single tailing. Really hard to learn off a TikTok video yeah. Um, yeah. or wax play. Theory is good, but in person, you get a totally different experience. Right. And also theory stuff, right? So soft skills of uh, building long-term relationships. Mm. Or I did one uh, that was on determining your risk profiles in your world at large, right? Where do you want to play both physically and psychologically and legally and yeah. all of that stuff? Yeah. And there was a class, a panel that I got to go to that was um, for folks who are listening. I am a white gentleman who is of mixed uh, Irish, Norwegian and Basque descent. Mm. And. And so this was all individuals who were African-American who were on this panel talking about being African-American in the scene. And one of the women who was on the panel, I wish I could remember her name right now, but she talked about how she was, before she even got to open her mouth as a dominant woman, was being fetishized for the intersection of race and female dominance, Ugh. especially by white men. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I want to meet people yeah. before you start painting a story of what our scenes are going to look like. And that applies for all people across the kink experience, oh, of course. Yeah, right? Of course. That applies for everyone. People are projecting all the time. Yeah. But there's this extra layer when there's a historical trauma of your demographic, around your demographic being used for labor, physical or emotional. Mm, yep. Right. This applies for women being used for emotional and physical labor as as baby factories. If we're looking back, not even a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or whether it is the enslavement of free individuals brought to a different country. Mm. And and when we're perpetuating that stuff in the kink community, that is that uh, meh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the right word, yeah, but there's no. a thing. Yeah, meh. 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 That is a good word. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Gross. Meh. Gross. I don't like it. <laughs> Though, and there's a difference there as somebody who has been a 24-7 slave in two different relationships. There is a difference between actively choosing structures of ownership as a point of inspiration for consensual relationships. Oh, yeah. Oh, there is yeah. a strong difference between that and the literal enslavement of free human beings. Yeah. Yes, there's a huge difference. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, it's meh. <laughs> meh. Meh. That, that is the only word. <laughs> it really is the only word. 
Oh God. Okay. I want to get, I want to get back to the inspiration for this book because yeah. you, you said yes to yourself, which is, I said yes to myself, <laughs> right? I got myself, a, I, I, I then a couple of months later was going to be going to a kink pagan crossover event called, uh, uh, God, the name of it, um, Dark Moon Rising. Okay. Okay. Which then became a book by Raven Caldera. I had the honor of get to shoot the photography for it, the whole oh. book and whatnot. Oh. It's it's a fantastic book. It's called Dark Moon Rising: Pagan BDSM and the Ordeal Path. Ooh. So that came out many years ago, but people forget that it exists. So okay. if you're pagan and listening, great resource. Nice. Um, but uh, I was going to be at this event, and I went. You know what? One of the things I love about merit weddings: cake. <laughs> like. It, you know what I mean? Like the part of the wedding experience for me is the food. Yeah. Yeah. That's valid. That's valid. And so I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to ma- get married to me, what matters to me out of a marriage? Right. But, and, and I'm not talking about a marriage as the full relationship. I'm talking about the right. wedding. That's the right. word I'm looking for. The wedding yeah. itself. Yeah. What matters to me? Right. And, um, and it's a thing that I actually, because offici- I've officiated a lot of weddings over the years okay. um, as a priest slash priestess. And that's one of the questions I ask people is I ask like big meta questions about what are you looking for at a relationship and what work have you done ahead of time as a, rela- sure. as a relationship. But one of the things that I ask is what matters to you yeah. Yeah. out of a wedding? And I sat with that question for myself. Because uh, like when my former husband and I got married, we asked all my family members, um, we gave everybody one veto because yeah. we knew we, the, my former husband and I knew we were wacky. So we're just like, okay, what are your vetoes? And wh- one of the vetoes, because one of the proposals that we were going to have to horseback ride into the wilderness. And so my mother said, can we not horseback ride into the wilderness? <laughs> wilderness is good. My back can't take that. Yeah. And we were just like, thanks, mom. We appreciate your feedback. And my grandmother, my maternal grandmother said, you're thinking about a cake fight. I grew up during the Great Depression. Saying you are willing to feed someone else before you was a literal statement. Mm. Mm. Right. That was a literal statement. And suddenly, not only did I get to connect with my grandmother and let her have a veto, but suddenly I had a deeper understanding of that concept in Christian wedding structures and a deeper understanding of my grandmother. Yeah. Right. So I asked myself this question, what are the things that matters to me? And I'm like, food. (laughs) Number one, food. (laughs) Dressing up. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Right. Dress up opportunity. Um, Flowers. I I like the shiny things. I like pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I like being outdoors. Like I like, like consistently whenever I've had some sort of cons- uh, commitment ceremony, even if it is indoors, it, I need to involve the notion that I am part of nature. Uh, yeah. Like there is not a separation between human and nature. We are all intertwined. Yeah. Mm. And so I went, okay, food is good, but do I want to eat alone? Nah. I want to eat with. So I got a spread. And so I went with myself into the woods at Raven Caldera's land in central Massachusetts. And 
uh, I went out into the woods with a mirror and like all these things for setting up a little altar. And I dressed in white, a white linen outfit that I would use again in the future because I'm pragmatic. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But will I wear it again? Mm, But will I wear it again? (laughs) Right. Um, like I got, I, I went out into the woods and I did mirror work. I, I looked into a mirror mm, and so hard. I, it's so hard to do. <laughs> yeah. And like, so I looked, awesome. yeah, I looked myself in my eyes and I said the things I needed to say to me Ugh. that weren't all of them like vows in a classical way. It's the things I needed to say to me. Right. Everybody's right. promises or vows themselves are different yeah something as simple as i'm going to take the trash out tomorrow is a promise to myself and some of them we keep some of them we don't keep some need to be modified right like in the same way when people say um you know uh i'm only going to be with you for the rest of my life and then you're like actually both of us are consensually non-monogamous who knew We've got to we've got to modify this. Yes. There's been we've an modify this. To the like, yeah, this is an addendum. <laughs> C C line one A. This is an asterisk. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's exactly it. And so I made the vows I needed to make to me, yeah. which are not going to look like anybody else's. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Right. And then I came back out, and then we all had cake and hung out around the bonfire. Ugh, that's awesome. And so on September 10th, every year, I have it on my calendar, just like I have my, my boy and I's anniversary. Like, we, I have it on our calendar, my calendar, and I do something for my anniversary in the same way that I do something for my anniversary with other partners. Yeah. Yeah. And, awesome. and that's different every time. And I had one time, just like I said, you know, plans don't always go. I'm, I'm one of those backup plan people. I was supposed to go out to, like, movies and have a nice dinner, all this stuff. I had a really hard week at work that year. Like it was just hard. And the idea of going out sounded like work, not like delight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so instead of being frustrated at myself for not having an anniversary thing, I was just like, no, it sounds instead like a great idea. Delivery food. Yeah, food. And a dumb action movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> And you remember it. There's like, that's like, you remember that because it was a a hard right turn from what you had planned and it created an amazing memory from it. Yeah. And and that gift to me has ended up having me feel more fluid and, and able to do that with other partners and other friends. I love that. The fact that I practiced doing that with me and was just like, I feel dumb about this. And then I did it and I'm like, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly. Like my like it was Colorado Leather Fest recently, and I was supposed to hang out with some friends afterwards. I wasn't going to the event, but it was nearish by. So like let's let's get dinner. Yeah. They were all exhausted from the con. Mm. I was exhausted from house hunting. Like, instead of being frustrated about the fact that I didn't get to see my friends who were in town from Florida, my friends that were in town from from British Columbia, like instead of being upset about it, everybody was like. We appreciate each other from afar. Yeah. No, it sounds really great not moving from our beds. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> love you. And in one of the cases, it's like, love you. I'll see you at Camp Crucible in a month. Yeah. There you go. 
you adapt, right? you overcome, and it's fine. The other one, it's like, hey, thanks for thinking of us. The venue that uh, this was, uh, uh, Sir Luke and his Victor are opening up a space called The Index, which is going to be an yeah. amazing kinky air bed and breakfast in Florida. I'm so excited about That's when it fun. opens up. And they're like, can you, you know, like, can you make a commitment that once the venue's open, you're going to do something down here, like within the first year? I'm like, I'm in. Yeah. They're like, cool, we're good then. Nice. Nice. We get to see you. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, practicing that with me yeah. has helped me feel more flexible with my friends, more flex- flexible with my boy, mm-hmm. right? More flexible with the person that I bought him to on a regular basis, like more flexible. And you spoke about this a little bit earlier, but talk about how maybe that helped with forgiving yourself when things Mm. don't maybe go exactly the way you had planned. Right. I mean, it's so important. It's so important. And I think we're the first people to beat ourselves up over decisions not going the way we thought they were going to go. And how could I be so stupid? And how could I have forgotten that or whatever? Yet we're so quick to forget everybody else and say no worries don't worry about hey it's not that big of a deal we can work it out like it's not a big but as soon as it comes to us man that is a hard thing to do try remember was this my former husband or my second master time is weird that moment where like once a memory is more than 15 to 20 years old hell in some cases yeah right it's like who who did i do that with (laughs) um but either either way one of my long-term dominants um or masters, uh, you're not allowed to beat yourself up. That's my job. Oh, that's a good one. Right? That's a, good that's one. a clever Dom sentence. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm like, ooh, well done. Yes. Um, doesn't work against clinical depression, but like everything else, that's fine. True. That's, true. Um, that's true. Um, dear Dom's mistresses, masters at all. Clinical depression is not something you can order your way out of. Like, yeah. just let you know. Yeah. It's not that you're a bad dominant. It's that it's clinical depression is clinical depression. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, getting to say that to ourselves and practice doing that with ourselves, there's, it's work. Yeah. It's work. And it's one of the reasons that the book, like, every single chapter has one to two exercises in it that might seem really simple. But some of them, invariably, when I have had when I had readers for this book first, um, I had people read through all the exercises, et cetera. And one of the people was like, God, these two exercises were so simple, but this one was so hard. And another reader was the exact opposite. Oh, wow. That's good, though. That means you're covering all right. of the, you know, the, the whole spectrum. I love that. Yeah. And, and I, to me, it's similar to when... I surrender to someone. Some of the things that people ask me to do as either an act of service or as an act of handing over will mm. um, with, you know, imperfect love and perfect trust, like that, those moments, some of the things people ask of me for another submissive would be so hard. Yeah, yeah. And other ones where I'm just like, what's the big deal? All yeah. they're asking me to do is to walk naked through the streets. That's not a big deal. <laughs> right. That's simple. Man, we're in Portland, Oregon. Who cares? Right. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the norm. <laughs> Who cares? Right. Or, or at least, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's 
legal. The only thing that isn't legal it, when it comes to nudity in the state of Oregon is, um, as far as technical legalities, is uh, causing a, a public nuisance and uh, revealing yourself to children. Right. So there's Ooh. awareness points. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like as somebody who used to live in Oregon, like, man, walking through the streets of Oregon, fine. Yeah. Um, but for somebody else, like that's hitting their core sense of self and identity and how they like goes against everything of how they were raised and how that might even go against their stories of being a good girl or yes. uh real men don't do things like that, mm -hmm. or whatever that those stories might be, simple for one person world shattering if they actually did it yeah for yeah. another yeah it is interesting to see the different um just the perspectives and your mm -hmm. your uh what do they always say it's it's all um I'm, I'm at a loss of the word but oh relative it's all relative right mm. fear is relative yeah um courage is relative uh, being strength is relative. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, someone can be super strong, but if this person considers themselves super strong, you may not be able to lift the same amount, but maybe you're strong in different ways, right? Like, I, right. it's just, it is all relative. And I think that does hold, it, that reminds me a lot of when we first got into this um, scene in, in, into BDSM and met people and I was starting to meet people who also identified the same way I did. And, I thought, okay, well, they're a masochistic bottom slave. Mm. I need to watch them and mm -hmm. I need to be as good as them because mm -hmm. that's what that means. And their pain tolerance was different than mine. And right. the way they reacted to things was different than me. And I had a lot of imposter syndrome going into this because I thought, well, that's not how they reacted. So I shouldn't react that way. But through growth and through self-realization that, oh, no, pain to them is their, that's their perspective of pain. And my perspective of pain is different. And I'm going to react a different way. And I can just own this and go with the flow of what my body says is okay right. or not okay. Yeah. It's, uh, there was a lot of forgiveness involved in that for myself yeah. because I did feel like I wasn't, I wasn't as good as I could have been of a slave to my master and I wasn't as good of a masochist and, and I had to, I had to deal with some shame and some, some guilt after those, you know, handful of events, but. Right. But yeah, I mean, you got to work through it and you got to, you got to figure out that what you go through and what you, what you deal with and the mistakes that you make or the things that you even view as a mistake, right? Because it may not even be a mistake. It might not even <laughs> right. be a mistake. Maybe it's the whole reason that you're going to be who you are mm -hmm. five days, five months, five years from now. This thing has to happen in order to get you to that point. Though I, I think it's worth honoring that some of us aren't ready to do whatever that work is. Or Ooh. it's not, not ours to have to do. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I, like that idea of like, I had to, you know, I had to work my way through feeling, not feeling bad about being as good of a masochist. Maybe that work of working through, I don't feel as bad, you know, like I still feel bad about it. Maybe that's work you're going to do in three years. Ooh, yeah. In the meantime, the work you get to do is delighting in what you can do. Ooh, yes. T to me, it makes me think of the RuPaul's whole thing of, um, 
on on drag race of uh who who is gonna you know how are you gonna love someone if you don't love yourself yeah right is one of one of their catchphrases and that sounds really good but the reality is for some of us we need to build up our connections and other people's belief in us Mm -hmm. before we're bolstered enough before we're buttressed yeah before we're buttressed enough to be able to go you know what i am ready to do this self-love work yeah or this self-relationship work because if they believe in me and they believe and they believe in me um maybe I'm not as shitty as I think I am in my self-talk. Right, right. Right. Maybe I can fight against the inner whispers that were handed to me by Vogue magazine and my cranky uncle. Mm. Right? Like, it's okay to have it go in the other direction. Yeah. yeah. The The story that, and I see people who get told, well, you have to work on yourself before you can get with somebody else. And then they go break up with their partner. Oh, yeah. So they have the capacity to go do their self-work. And you know what? For some people, that is the right order. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes the order is turning to our, our partner or partners and saying, I've realized I need to do a lot of self-work. Are you willing on bad days where I'm facing my own inner demons? Would you be game to be my ally and tell me that the monkeys inside my head are wrong? Yeah. Would you be game to be my ally as I do this stuff? And suddenly you're not alone in doing the self-processing. Right. Right. right? You have an ally, whether it's a best friend, whether it's your dominant or your submissive. Hell, what an amazing act of, of, of service. Yeah. Yeah. Your submissive could do for you is to say, ma'am, I hear how you're saying that. Are you available for a different perspective? Mm. what a Mm. beautiful gift somebody could offer us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I think it's worthwhile to consider that some of these things we have to go to through don't have to be in the same order. Right. Right. As other people in the same way that somebody out there loves themselves being single tailed. Yeah. And other people look at that single tailing and go, I could never do that, but you could take a spanking harder than they can. Right. 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 Or you could take emotional masochism and being called names in ways that that single tail bottom never could imagine doing. Right. Right. And so even the idea that they're a better masochist isn't necessarily the question. It's how am I a strong masochist? How are they a strong masochist? Or am I a masochist at all? That's the question. Yeah. Right. My, my boy, there's types of pain they take for me as an act of service. Oh, so there is no enjoyment there. And no, they are doing it. Be- they the are doing it because exactly. Yeah. They're doing it because it makes daddy happy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it comes from, and I've always been so fascinated by that because it's like, well, is that, is that a masochist or are you, I don't know. Like, I don't think there is a label. I don't think you need to put it in a box. I think it's amazing that somebody can do that, that mm-hmm. can say, I dislike this physical pain so much, but I love you so much that I'm willing to take it for you as my way to show you how much I want to serve. But I had to add a, a clause to that mm-hmm. is that I, I now have an order to them that says, if you are doing this for me, if you are suffering for me, you need to tell me. Oh, so you know, yeah. 
so that I can make the active choice, do I want my boy suffering? Or am I trying to give them pleasure and feel? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because <laughs> here I'm watching them be like, ah, uh, oh, ooh. <laughs> and it's the same noises they make when they're having happy pain. So yeah. how am I supposed to know? Yeah. But my joking language that I gave them, that I developed with somebody else, was I require that you tell me when you're suffering for me so that I can enjoy it. <laughs> No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but suddenly it sounds like and it looks like an act of service. Sure. Yeah. Instead of them toughing it out for me. Right. Right. It's not. And I don't know that they're toughing yeah. it out for me. And suddenly all of us in this arrangement yeah. are missing the mark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's very fair. That's very fair. Oh, good questions to ask. They're good <laughs> questions to ask. Oh. Oh, I love that. Uh, okay. Tell us where to get this book because we don't have to, we don't have to find this any, we don't have to dig for this, do we? Because it's just, it's just, dare I say, it's available to regular people. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, um, and to be aware, y'all kinky humans that are listening, like yeah. it's not a kink book, Yes, but in the list, list of demographics, yeah. right. When I talk, cause I have a whole thing about projections in there is to be aware of demographics that you might carry or that people might be projecting on you. And one of them on there is love styles and uh, polyamory and non-monogamy, right? Like yeah. it is a line. Yeah. Kink is mentioned as a line, like alternative relationship structures. Gotcha. It's a line, gotcha. right? Gotcha. Um, but uh, it's become your own beloved. It's available on Amazon, uh, both as a Kindle and a book. Right now, we are working on distribution as well as audiobooks for uh, for the future. But we're there's tech adventures, so we are working through the tech adventures with my uh, publisher, okay. which is a, a company called Twin Flame. And yeah, I'm delighted that it is out and available now. Yes. Also, as a note, if you are someone that's listening and you're just like, I can't afford a sixteen dollar book like that's not a thing i can do never be afraid to write authors um and say hey i really want to read your stuff do you have some of your things available online do you have other material etc and sometimes authors will send you either a book or i would send you to my my blog i've been blogging yeah. back since we called them online journals in 1998 right. Right. right like i've got a lot of free material i ran a podcast for over 100 episodes so i have lots of material out yeah. there on these topics so if you are thinking i can't do that there's lots of other material out there that i'm happy to share and you can find Find all of my my website, my social media, etc., are all passion and soul. One word. So passionandsoul.com or on Instagram, uh, FetLife, all of those kinds of things. Yep. Yep. You are you are very easy to reach, which is awesome <laughs> because it's all streamlined. Just type it in, you're gonna find it. So and and everything you need is on that website. I'm sure the link to the book is there, and then all your other all your other resources are out there too, which you have so many. I will piggyback what you said. If you can't afford this book, do not think you cannot learn anything from Lee Harrington. Like there are so many resources that you have provided for free to people that I think have genuinely helped so many people in our kink community, but just in life in general, just, just everyday people who could, who could learn from you and your experiences and your stories and just uh, everything. 
I, I adore you. you. I adore oh, you. And I'm it's, so happy that you came I'm back so on. Glad. Yeah, right? It's so good. And folks can also find, I do online classes, not just for my Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash passion and soul. I post weekly resources. I have Patreon only classes, even at the $1 level. Um, but the recordings, uh, including one on self-submission, self-dominance, and self-surrender, uh, that's available as a recording up on my Patreon. Wonder. And uh, so you can find all that stuff. But I have on, I have upcoming classes digitally as well as in person. In person coming up, I'll be at Camp Crucible okay. uh, as well as Dark Odyssey Summer Camp, both in Northern Maryland. I'll be at uh, Meow Meow uh, uh, Meow Meow Fest in Berlin as well as uh, they're putting together a little trans conference in Gothenburg, Sweden that I'm going to be going to oh, so this fun. summer. I'll be teaching in Birmingham, Alabama. So you can find me there. I'm going to also be up in Fairbanks, Alaska at uh, Midnight Hedonism. So please check out that event if you're anywhere or you want to visit Alaska. This is a great excuse because summer solstice, Alaska, literally the sun, you only get three hours of dusk and you get to do all of that surrounded by kinky humans doing kinky things. Oh, that sounds fun. Like, it should be such a blast. So I'm on the road. I'll be in Chicago also for the International Parliament of World Religions. So on the vanilla side, I'm going to be doing stuff on uh, examining masculine spiritualities within goddess-based religions. Ooh. So tickled to do that. So yeah, you can find me. I've got stuff all over on my uh, upcoming events page. And I'm just so glad we got to reconnect. It has been too. far too long. Yes, me too. Me too. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for promoting this and just giving everyone all the information because I I'm I encourage everyone to check it out. Check out check out the book and check out the website and just follow Lee around the country and the world. Basically, <laughs> we're just gonna form a little. We won't call it a cult, but it'll probably turn into one. And we'll just we'll just form a little collection of beings, and we'll all just kind of follow you around like minions. Does that sound like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, will you be making minion voices, like kind of like stuff? Or are we talking minion as in like a group of individuals practicing their faith? Like which minions are I we mean, working with? Either because I think just as long as we bring cake, that we're in, and you won't oh, turn us down. So, oh, I, seriously, my 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 Instagram profile says I'm um, a uh, fan of cupcakes and tarot cards. Well, there you go. Like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. We have there our you in, go. everybody. <laughs> Lee, thank you so much. It was so, so, so nice to see you again and connect with you again. And I hope to do it again soon. All interviews on Submerge are from consenting adults sharing consensual experiences from their life. All opinions expressed in today's episode are those of the individual giving them and should be taken as such. Always do your research before entering into anything potentially dangerous. Vet your partners and always negotiate thoroughly. We record all episodes unscripted. Please reach out if any potential corrections to information you heard today would help our community be safer and more educated. Contact us at Media at gmail.com.